Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, usually recorded at the PW offices, but we're at various locations around greater New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly, Editor of PW Comics World, and Editor of the Fanatic PW's twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am the editor-in-chief of The Beat at www.comicsbeat.com. And you can check us out on Twitter at, at PWComicsWorld. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes and on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And also, don't forget to leave us a rating, leave us a comment, send us a line, tweet at us, email us, let us know how we're doing. We love hearing from our listeners, and each of one, each and every one of you is so special to us. So please, let us know how we're doing. Yes, because we're insecure. Tell us what you think. <laughs> <laughs> we want some love. Or we want to hear some real criticism, too. So, okay. Uh, this week on More to Come, Shake Up at Diamond Comics. And New York Comic Con preview. Linda Berry, genius. Uh, we all knew, we knew that all along. Um, uh, a quick recap of SPX 2019, global manga piracy crackdown, and Black Crown shuttered. So, Diamond, big news coming out of Diamond Comics distributors. Well, I don't want to say I told you so, but I think I've been uh, alluding to this for quite you a while. I did. You yeah. guys, I've been talking about this. So in May, uh, Steve Jeppy, the founder of Diamond, hired a fella by the name of uh, Stan Heidman yep. to serve as uh, president of the Jeppy Family Trust, which was a holding company that hold, held Diamond, Diamond Books, Mm-hmm. Uh, gemstone, all of Diamond subcompanies. And my understanding is that since May, he has been going around and snooping and looking at things <laughs> and checking out spreadsheets and seeing who does what and how things need to go. In other words, an efficiency expert. And if you are aware, as some are, that Diamond actually uses, um, like, Windows 95 for some of their really? uh, software. Uh, that's what I've heard. Like, as of last year, they put out a job listing that said, knowledge of Windows 95 preferred. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> okay. just as the news that we're about to talk about went out, their Diamond website crashed because I understand it had been hacked and they had to shut it down. So, you know. Perhaps some of these things are related, and so it was announced in a letter from Jeppy that, um, well, I guess the big news for most people in Cup is that Roger Fletcher, who had been the VP of Marketing and Sales, yes, uh, was uh, leaving the company, and um, probably Chris Powell, probably the best known to retailers, he sure. has been moved to a new job called Chief Relationship Officer. What does and, that even mean? Well, nobody knows, really. Well, it's a, but, you know, it sounds – I mean, doesn't it sound more or less like what he was doing? I mean, I can understand it, it could be an expanded role. But wasn't his job to be a, a liaison between um, stores and publishers? It was, yes. So now he's been given a chief a, – a C-suite. Yes, now they're all C-suite. Big, yes. But, you know, but, but, and also, <laughs> so everybody got a new – so Heidemann is going to be the the – chairman of Jeppy Family Enterprises. So he's actually running Diamond now. 
And then Chuck Parker, who was running Diamond, has been uh, given the title of, believe it or not, Chief of Staff. I know. That's a little unusual, isn't it? Uh, in a he will state. act as a senior advisor and yeah. coordinate the execution of strategic initiatives. Now, you know, I, I wrote my story in a big hurry. Reading this to you now, that really sounds like he has been gently nosed, you know, shoved aside. Like, you know how when cats get at the food bowl and one cat kind of noses <laughs> the other cat away? That's what well, that sounds like to me. Like advising and coordinating? Woof. Yeah, it does. Oh, dear. <laughs> it does sound like that. Yeah. Uh, it's also a it's also a chief of staff. I mean, it sounds like, you know, the government. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the president has a chief of staff, you know, so, or he used to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Calvin, anyway, did you write about this story at all today? I didn't have a chance to check out the uh, PW. I actually I actually uh, will actually did not, but um, I actually will frantically write one uh, as soon as we finish this this podcast. Um, uh, but in any event, uh, this, these are big changes. Uh, obviously, uh, I think you talked about it in the past, Heidi, as uh, Jeppy uh, kind of putting together a succession plan. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, obviously he's getting a little older, as we all are. So, um, yeah, this is very interesting. So it, it is. Now, uh, just, you know, I mean, believe me, a lot of people were on the horn a buzz about this. And if you want to yeah. know what people will be talking about in New York Comic Con, uh, this will definitely be part of it. Yeah, so sure. uh, one big criticism I've heard from Diamond or excuse me, about Diamond from various levels of people in the industry, it's just that it's a company that's very, very, very slow to change. And I'm sure last time we talked about this, I mentioned the fact that their trade terms haven't changed in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, given the other changes that have occurred in the world in 20 years, that's pretty amazing. So, you know, they haven't changed the fundamental way they do business in 20 years. It's a very conservative company. And um, I have a feeling that some of the people who are no longer in big decision-making places there were part of the reason why they didn't change so much. So mm-hmm. I expect to see lots more yeah. changes. I mean, one thing that obviously I'm curious about is how does this affect diamond book distributors, if at all? It's a very good question, Calvin. <laughs> you know, uh, there's no mention of diamond book at all in any of the releases that went out. Uh, is so there still a diamond book? Oh yes, they're still there. Um, but how they function under, uh, you know, Jeffy Family. Um, um, I'm sorry. What's the what's the GFE? Yeah, the GFE uh, um, is you know it, it, it isn't very clear, uh, and whether this this shakeup of this reorganization will extend to to leadership there. So that's something that we you know we, we'll probably be talking about well, in a future show. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I did talk to a lot of. Um, in industry insiders today about this, not anyone had, uh, you know, a lot of information, but, uh, one person did say about this, uh, Heidman fella, uh, he is tough as nails, all business. Yeah. That is what, uh, an unnamed, uh, industry source told me. So, yeah, um, yeah more to, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, the, our title of our show really comes in handy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, and I guess with that, we can uh, segue into another big event that's coming up that uh, we're on the cusp of because we'll be talking about that there. And that's New York Comic Con opens next week. Um, 
it's got some changes. We ran our uh, preview uh, about a week or two ago. Um, yes. and, uh, there's some, you know, there's some interesting changes going on. Shall I kick it off or? Yes, I'm sure you please know. do. Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest changes is probably going to be, um, uh, you know, they, they've extended the hours, uh, of the show to much later and the ticketing is going to be adjustment. The, the four day pass it has, is, is back. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to see some changes in, uh, anime fest NYC. Uh, it's going to be at a new venue. Uh, you know, they, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be more scrutiny on this, uh, event, but certainly one of the biggest complaints last year was the get the trek from the Javits Center up to Pier 94 at 52nd Street. Right. Uh, so they've eliminated that, uh, but they've moved it into a much smaller uh, space, uh, Hudson Mercantile, which is, you know, very near to the Well, I, you know, I think we've all talked about this quite yeah. a bit after last year's New York Comic Con. And, you know, we all uh, pointed out the fact that, you know, they didn't start this until uh, NYC, Anime NYC had started, you know, this rival show. And yes, then they the said, oh, show. well, really? Well, we're going to do an anime show. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, it didn't work out so well. And I remember we were all joking about the sellout. Remember how it had oh, sold yeah. out? Yeah. yeah. And so I uh, have a very small venue that will be very easy to sell out, except you can't get a separate ticket to a uh, anime fest event. So, yeah. uh, I mean, there's, I know. think there's some sh- things that the pass will get you into, but not everything right well they're yes they're having special marquee events like interviews but it's mostly with voice actors uh, i have to be honest uh-huh. they don't have any yeah. mangaka there or you know a lot, no big japanese guests and um it's it's definitely a scaled down event but but i also as a, i i talked to some people at read pop this week and they pointed out you know the and there was quite a bit of anime content quite a bit of cosplay content and it's just scattered all throughout the show this time mm-hmm. it's not separated well, in some ways, um, uh, certainly some of the bigger manga publishers, that's kind of what they wanted. Uh-huh. Um, they didn't kind of want to be kind of – I mean, I, I remember last year some of the bigger uh, publishers were saying, you know, we we want to reach out to new fans. You know, <laughs> yeah. we go to Anime Expo to really, you know, you know, uh, really deliver to the manga and anime fans. So we want to be here. So this yeah. – yeah, yeah. On, I was going to say, like, if you're trying to uh, reach the New York market, you don't want to be stuck off on Pier Whatever'sville. Like, <laughs> like you could probably exhibit to a larger crowd for less money at um, the upcoming anime-only festival in the Javits next in November. Right. Like, wh- why would you do that? So I'm pretty sure their unhappiness was communicated to. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, just to, uh, you know, point, point this out. I mean, you know, everybody's going to go to New York Comic Con. It's almost all sold out already. But um, in November, uh, we will have uh, November 15th to 17th, Anime New yes. York NYC, sponsored yes. by Crunchyroll, uh, with Gundam creator Yoshiyuki Tomino mm-hmm. as a guest. And, um, you know, this is put on by some people who have really been – um, you know, really involved in the whole manga anime world for quite a while, and uh, you and know, Viz like, is a partner, and, and, and yeah. uh, Kadansha is a partner, and it's yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more authentic, I think. But you know, listen, props to New York Comic Con; they do not want to abandon this. Uh, they want to serve mm-hmm. this market, and so they're just doing a little different. 
Yeah, I think this is the best way to do it. Because, yeah. I mean, it, New York Comic Con has an awful lot to offer the manga industry, but it does it best by being New York Comic Con yeah. and not shoving the anime people off in a closet somewhere. That's yeah. a well well put. Very well put, Absolutely. Kate. And, okay, we should also mention, uh, once again, uh, the, gra- the, the, the librarians will be served. And especially this year, because in light of the, uh, the formation of the Graphic Novel and Comics Roundtable uh, uh, at ALA, they have really put together a blockbuster um, uh, event at New York Public Library at its historic building on Fifth Avenue at 42nd Street. And there's going to be a day of panels and uh, professional development for librarians and educators uh, kicking off with a keynote event by the fabulous Ngozi Kazu uh, of Check, Please, Fame. She's going to be giving a keynote address. And the fabulous Mariko Tamaki will be giving a closing keynote address at the end of the day. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's uh, the program this year is very strong throughout – uh, I just want to plug my own schedule. I have three panels all on Thursday, so that's cool. kind of good. I can get it all done, and then I can just relax. Uh, but great. I am so excited about all three of these panels, kicking off at 11 a.m. at the Javits Center with uh, – let's see. I'm looking at the website, and it doesn't – oh, yes, Revisiting Why the Last Man. So this will be oh, cool. Rand K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra in conversation with me uh, because I – was the editor on the book when it started. I hired both Brian and Pia to do the book, so we're going to have a really good time. I mean, Fabulous. Revisiting that before uh, the TV show launches early next year, so that's very exciting. Fabulous. Um, but we look back at the comic. And then at 1.30, room 1A02, really one of the uh, panels I'm most excited about ever doing called Gangsters, Lovers, Heroes, Warriors, and Gods, Jack Kirby's Women. This is oh ever all-woman panel to talk about Jack Kirby and his work. And, you know, with the Eternals coming out later this year, it's fair, or not this year, but coming out, you know, from the MCU, but I'm very excited. Elena uh, uh, Levin put this pa- uh, panel together. She, it's really her mastermind. I will be on it. Erica Henderson, uh, Jay Justice, and Cecil Castellucci, and Meg Downey. And, you know, what a great lineup. And, uh, you know, Jack Kirby is uh, legendary. And guess what? We have never uh had a chance to talk about him so it's pretty exciting yeah, that, that sounds yeah great. that's a great panel and then finally what time uh, is it may i ask that is at 1 30 on thursday and then okay. finally my annual european comics that's called of all course. stars world comics this year with bengal uh guanyo guarnito and linears so uh you know three fantastic cartoonists that might have a special guest or two on there Ooh. and um you know we just hobnob about the world of comics and it's fun love it at four o'clock so yep so okay. i have uh, you know like not in fact i am on them i'm just excited to see these panels okay great so awesome. All right. Well, once again, I mentioned the um, uh, the opening and closing keynote speakers, but there's a full day of stuff at New York uh, Public um, with the librarians, uh, the people of color, of color presenting. Um, uh, there's also uh, a panel sponsored by um, uh, um, uh, Black, the Black Comics Collective. I'll, yeah, I'll have to search to find the exact name of it. Oh, uh, Marjorie Lou and Santa Takata will be uh, speaking in the gorgeous Celeste Bartos Forum uh, about Monstrous. 
So anyway, I could go on and on, but like I said, it's a whole day of panels. Uh, you can also go to publisherswiki.com slash comics, and you can see our New York Comic Con uh, preview as well as sidebars about the New York Public Library and the Harvey Awards. Yes, also Calvin. We know you're not hosting them this year, correct? I'm not. I'm not emceeing this year, and uh, apparently they're keeping it a secret. <laughs> it's, ah, it's who will be because nobody been. seems to know. Oh, I hear yeah. you. I mean, I, I don't do think that's a good thing. But <laughs> yeah, my theory is um, keeping it a secret translates as we actually don't know, <laughs> and I don't want anyone to know we don't know. Well, that, that I suppose that's a possibility. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, hopefully they'll announce it shortly. Uh, but uh, but I, I would like to well, – obviously, there are a number of categories, but I do think their Book of the Year category is pretty remarkable for the nominees. I mean it's a, just a who's who of the best books of 2018. Yeah, it's so, a small slate, but it's definitely high quality. There will yeah. be no losers. I mean, anybody who wins in any of these categories yeah. is yeah, be really absolutely. cool. So. Um, but there are yeah. other categories, digital book, children's book, best manga. But the book of the year really looks impressive. Uh, so, yeah, any of those books could uh, win. It. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's the rest of the programming is uh, very strong. Um, man, who's going to be there? Paul Rudd will be there. Brian Bendis will be there. You know, you uh, everyone will be there. So uh, it is New York Comic Con. We're really glad we got to do this podcast the week before because, man, it's going to be exhausting. Yeah. And, Kate, you will be Manning the uh, Fanatic PW Comics World booth, correct? Yes. Uh, myself and Drusilla Schultz will be mm-hmm. running this show. Um, there will be a few new surprises this year. Yeah. The uh, readers. Yeah, they're going to – I mean, the, obviously, there's going to be a lot of promotion about uh, PW's new uh, comics and pop culture newsletter, The Fanatic. So there's going to be a lot of promotion for that. In fact, the giveaways this year will be a – I think there's going to be two bundles – of if not all but a giant chunk of the books that i excerpted uh and the panel mania excerpt in the in the fanatic so we're talking about box brown's can uh cannabis uh mariko tamaki's um you know a harley quinn graphic novel um uh, uh the uh, the river at night by kevin uh heisinger so there's great stuff. Come on by. We're going to be scanning badges, so we've got technology working for us. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Wow. So there's wow, wow, lots wow. of good stuff uh, that's going to be going on uh, around the Fanatic uh, at the uh, PW table at uh, New York Comic Con this year. Yeah, and come on. Drop by because, I mean, frankly, if you want to see one of your co-hosts, there's a good chance I'm going to be there since mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to be helping to run the show. And who knows? Calvin and Heidi might drop by for snacks or to, oh, yes. you know, I will reload be there their bags. Snacks, 100%. Not on Thursday because I'm just so darn busy, but I will be there, you know, drop. That's my secret home away from home. So, yeah. yeah. Yes, and we'll be doing um, interviews for the podcast and all of the good stuff we always do at uh, – New York Comic Con. All right. Uh, oh, one other thing that's kind of a part of New York Comic Con, obviously, traditionally, but it's going to be, be in a little bit different uh, format this year, the ICP2 Insider Oh, Talks. yes. So we have to mention that. Uh, uh, once again, um, uh, uh, Milton Greek, the CEO of ICP2, um, is going to be uh, mounting Insider Talks, with, which is basically a focus on the trade. Uh, with speakers, 
Uh, we'll talk about the latest trends that some of the speakers have been announced. Uh, obviously, Milton will also be delivering his white paper on trends as well as the size and the scope of the comics and graphic novel universe. Among the speakers that will be uh, uh, speaking, and I should say the format is going to be a little different as opposed to being like immediately in the Javits Center, usually on the first day of the show. It's actually going to be held the Monday morning after the show. Yeah, we did. Yes, we we did actually cover this in our last podcast. And oh, I think, okay. You know, it was me getting yes, up. We did go into uh, it. That uh, was, you know, getting up at 10 a.m. on the Monday <laughs> after New York okay. Comic Con. That was filled me with dread and horror. All right. Well, there's a couple of things that have been announced. I'm going to be um, uh, interviewing um, uh, uh, David Saylor, the, uh, the editorial director of Graphics, um, uh, about the, the you know really how. The, the growth of that imprint at Scholastics with its, you know, with people like Raina Telgemeier and Kazu Kabuishi. Uh, so we've been talking about that. Adam Freeman is going to be there. I don't know whether we announced that uh, previously from Comic Hub talking about the POS system. We may have talked about that. Uh, David Steinberger is going to be there. Stein Steinberger of, of Comicsology. Uh, so. That's just a just a, a, a you know just a beginning about what who's going to be there. I think um, Kristen McLean from MPT Bookscan will be there talking about um, you know trends that she sees uh, through her. Well, dad. I hate to say it, but I'm just going to have to wake up. I mean, yes, this is me my too. favorite people, Kristen McLean and and Adam yes. from Comic Cub and David Steinberger. I mean, ugh, God darn so, it, I don't want to have to wake go. up. But I guess Good I got to – yeah, I've already been invited coming. to two dead dog parties. But you know what? I'm going to tell them. No way. No way, Jose. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, well. First things first. You're such yeah. a pro. All right. Uh, well, Heidi, why don't we – I'm going to toss this one to you. Oh, well, uh, some amazing, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful news today. Absolutely. Uh, and that Linda Barry was uh, awarded a MacArthur Genius Grant. And, you know, this is a very prestigious award. Uh, that gives you six hundred twenty-five thousand uh, dollars over five years, and enables uh, people who are geniuses to do things that help the whole world. Uh, you know, previous yeah. comics folks include Ben Catcher got one, uh, Alison Bechtel won one, and now Linda Berry. And you know, yeah. I just profiled yeah. her a couple weeks ago, and again t- spoke about it. And you know, you cannot help but talk to this woman and just be, yes. Uh, Life-changing. She really is yeah. one of the most amazingly unique, insightful, magic, she's magical. She's just magical. And, uh, you yeah. know, I'm just, I'm privileged to have been able to profile her. And boy, it couldn't go to anyone more deserving. Yeah, no, this is really exciting. I was all a tingle when I, <laughs> when I heard it this morning. Uh, she, she certainly deserves it in every way. Um, it's just terrific. Yeah. Yeah. So. Congratulations to Linda Berry and to her publisher, Drawn and Quarterly. Yeah, that is right. And uh, I'm looking at the whole list here uh, to see who else got some. That's the only yeah, one really. One, yeah. She's among 26 people that uh, got it. And, and obviously there's a number of uh, book and literary related uh, people who also uh, received it. Yes. Um, yeah. So. Uh, but what, you know, speaking of Linda Berry, uh, we, you know, while well, during the indie comics portion of our show, Calvin and I wanted to give just a little quick recap of Small Press Expo, which was, Jesus, was it only 10 days ago? Hi, yeah, yeah. Feels <laughs> so, like so long ago. So many comics. Uh, that so was like time. three scandals ago. Yeah, right? 
Yes, before yeah. before that, uh, you know, 10 days ago, we'd never even heard of the Ukraine. So amazing. But yeah, um, yeah Calvin, you were down for the day, weren't you? Yes, I was. I went down for Saturday. Um, I was able to – I'm trying to call up your story here, but my, my computer's acting slow. Well, but I was down – Oh, I was going to say we also our last episode we had some interviews. Yes, yes, I got there. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I interviewed uh, uh, James Romberger, uh, you know the, uh, the the creator of Seven Miles a Second, the really extraordinary um, uh, memoir of David Wanarovich. He's you know he's well you can go to our website and see it, but he he he's, he's got a new comic coming out from Uncivilized Books. Very interesting imaginary take on Jack Kirby's World War II war experience. Yes, which you, I picked yeah. up as research for my panel. Great. Oh, that's excellent. Because it's because it, because there's also an essay in the comic too that talks a great deal about um you know the his own relationship with Jack Kirby as well as stories that he read and, and heard about about the war right. effort. So uh, check it out. Um, but there was also uh, there was really a great conversation between um, Eddie Campbell and Chris Ware. Um, you know, as usual, um, you know the best indie comics around. I mean, been of Ben Passmore, of Bottom Feeders, uh, uh, and your Black Finn was there. Um, the list goes on. <laughs> uh, you, you know, like everyone was there. There really was just a really vibrant and amazing list of, of creators, um, you know, who have made their mark over the last 10 years. I mean, Raina Telgemeier was there. Yeah, Jaime oh, Hernandez yes, was Raina there. Was Chris there. Ware was there. Um, you know, so the, 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 you know, the titans of the time, time are there, but also, uh, the new folks, you know, um, boy, I can't even, if I, if I mention them, I'll just leave them out, you know, but I mean, uh, Ebony Flowers was there, you know, yes. she won an Ignatz Award, uh, Eleanor Davis, the great Eleanor Davis was there, uh, um, you know, um, just everyone was there. It was like a big giant My party. computer yeah. is like slowed to a crawl here. Yeah. So, so I seem to be having problems picking up what I right. need. Well, there was, yeah. you know, but despite it, it, SPX is like the big family reunion. And as I say, there's always a family reunion. I think last time we talked a little bit about the uh, Amazon comicsology kerfuffle, but then just oh, as it yeah. kicked off, they had the Kickstarter thing. I think we also mentioned that last week. And, you know, everybody kind of went in loaded for bear and uh, Camilla Zhang, the, the, um, the comics lead for Kickstarter was there and participating in a lot of panels and, you know, just as like out of the family reunion, I think when everybody got in the same room, breaking bread together, uh, the water stilled a bit and, um, you didn't hear too much about that, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I didn't, yeah. the big moment was at the Ignatz's, which Calvin skips, but, um, there was Warren Bernard did call out some members of the community for ageism and yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I saw him just before I, I left that night, and he told me he was going to be giving a speech on that issue. Yes. Um, so yeah, how was that received? Well, the room, as he did, he was talking specifically about how Carol Tyler had been criticized yeah. for being the host of the Ignatzes last year, and uh, you know, as he started talking, the room went deadly silent, uh, just like a schoolroom does when kids are being lectured by their teacher, <laughs> okay. and. Um, you know, I talked to a, a group that spanned a lot of ages afterwards, and I, you know, nobody likes to admit that yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. prejudiced. Um, and uh, so there was a lot of like, oh, well, we don't like, you know, that we we don't like old, uh, Twitter. I saw we don't like, you know, <laughs> we don't like older people because they're gatekeepers. I was like, well, nobody likes a gatekeeper. That's not what we're yeah. saying. So, yeah, even old people don't like gatekeepers. Yeah, old people don't like gatekeepers <laughs> I mean, either. I think there's a difference between being prejudiced in favor of people who are 
super established and acting as gatekeepers and assuming that anybody over the age of 40 must be super established and therefore a gatekeeper. Yeah, well, I... Since when is Carol Tyler a gatekeeper of any kind? Yeah. People need to be introduced to the concept of the Venn diagram. Like, one hand, you have obnoxious gatekeepers. On the other hand, you have older people. There is some overlap, but they are two different circles. Yeah, I saw somebody said on Twitter that because there was a, you know, Warren said there was more to it than what had just been said on Twitter. And then somebody alluded to, well, wasn't it Carol Tyler acting, um, you know, like lecturing people like she was a know-it-all? And, you know, maybe that's what people are criticizing. And I, was, and I thought to myself, you mean like everyone on Twitter every minute of the day acting like they're not at all, you know? Mm, and it's how like, about that? yeah, you know, I, I think you met fandom people having to look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, you might say, so, you might say. And, and, you know, uh, I, oh, go on, Calvin. I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to say we also might mention that, you know, the trans community um, um, certainly were saluted during the Idnats Awards, according to your account. Um, you know, um, what's it? Um, Mariko Tamaki uh, and Rosemary Valero O'Connell's uh, Laura Dean uh, keeps breaking up with me um, uh, 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 was one of the winners. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a huge, huge year for uh, uh, queer cartoonists and queer content. But, yeah. you know, just going back to the ageism thing really fast, I think one yeah. thing that reason why ageism is never really, um, you know, called out too much is because we're all going to be victims of it or are victims of it. And you know what? Today's young hotshots, trust me, when you're my age, everyone's going to think you're old. Okay? So oh, just yes. get used you'll, to it. And yeah. You'll yeah. understand what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. And then you'll be moaning and groaning too. So, yeah. Right. But as someone who is not old, I can, you know, recognize that, like, hey, you know, it's there's value in creators of all ages, and there are jerks of all ages, too. For sure. You don't need and to wait until you're affected by it to be like, hey, that's a little messed up. And, well, and one more, uh, which I think is sort of perfectly uh, uh, is kind of a perfect resolution for uh, our talk today and about SBX. Um, was it Ebony Flowers won um, the, the Promising New Talent Award at the Ignites for a hot comb? Uh, and she was a student, uh, uh, a former student of Linda Berry. Yes, and, and, and uh, Flowers mentioned that, you know, she's 38 years old and she had never been called Promising and New, you know, for a long time. So, you know what? Uh, it takes all kinds and all ages. Absolutely. There you go. So it takes all kinds and all ages. And Kate? She cracked down on pirates. What yeah. the heck? Yeah. So um, Japan has okay. Has every once in a while you get a little brief here where they're like, "Oh yeah, Japan cracked down on this one manga pirate." But no, no, for real this time. Um, it's not just some guy who happens to be uploading a couple things in Japan. Oh no, now they're going global. So. First off, in our bolus of uh, anti-manga piracy push news, um, Japanese police arrested a 27-year-old man on board a plane Tuesday as he was being deported from the Philippines for allegedly operating a illegal manga aggregator website, which hosted such popular comics as One Piece. In fact... It was One Piece uh, images 
that they used to track him down and arrested him for, which is ironic, (laughs) given that it is a comic about pirates. Yes, that's right. He got arrested for pirating pirates. Yes. (laughs) The pirate Uh, got busted. Yeah, Romy Hoshino, (laughs) who has been wanted for copyright infringement uh, for some time for running the now-closed pirate site Mangamura, um, was sent back from the Philippines, where he was detained in July while on his way to Hong Kong. So basically, they're going international with this one. Nowhere to run. Nowhere to hide. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, they're they're taking this very seriously indeed. But but that's not all. You may say, but I'm not in the Philippines. Surely Japan, the long arm of Japan, does not extend here. Ah, uh, but you would be wrong. According to reports, the publishers Shueisha, Kodansha, Shugakukan, and Ketakawa, the four biggest manga publishers there are have joined together for a joint lawsuit against four different websites they have described as the successor sites to Mangamora. Um, and they are they are filing this lawsuit in a court in New York. All right. So oh. this is this is quite unusual. I mean not there haven't been any lawsuits before, but um, they have for them to club together like this and bring a lawsuit here is unprecedented. Um, so the article is very careful not to list the names of these various uh, sites on the off chance that someone will then, you know, Google them. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure that if you know what you're looking for, you can find them anywhere. Yeah, pretty easy. (laughs) Yeah. Now, listeners, I think now is a bit of a time to go into a quick dip into why we are perhaps less sympathetic than you might expect. And that is the type of site we're talking about here is not a hobbyist in their basement translating from Eroica with Love because they think it will never come out in the United States. This is people who are making money on the ads of aggregations of scans and translations that other people have done and frequently have not authorized for them to put on their monetized site. It is a money making. I mean, the people make good money. They make a lot of money off these. They make a lot of money, and they draw a lot of traffic. So, Kate, what do you think was the? What do you think was the? you know, the catalyst. I mean, what was the, the straw that broke the manga publishers back to get them all to, to really, you know, take this action? Well, I mean, there's been some talk um, for a couple of years of, of them doing various studies to try to figure out exactly how much money they are actually losing. Like, you know, looking at comics that are available in that language versus, you know, and how much downloaded and everything. Um, and I think they just decided the money's too big. Mm. They have to give it a shot. Right. And do you think yeah. it will be effective? I don't know. I think it may be effective. And I kind of think this is what they're aiming for. I don't think they think that they can get all scanslations off of the Internet. I don't think they're even going to try. I think what they're trying to do is go after the big monetized aggregators. 
what right. they want is the, for there not to be another manga rocks for there to be not another manga Mora, manga fox they want I, they want I, I you think know right. they just don't want always going to be there's always going to be scanlations online right but these sites are mammoth they're very polished looking they look like they're legitimate yeah. uh they generate an, an awful lot of income also i think and i'd be curious to know what kate thinks of this i mean the Japanese publishers, um, I mean, there's a long history of, of uh, you know, crackdowns that don't. Oh, go yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, over the last 10 years, actually, Japanese publishers have actually gotten a digital publishing strategy together. They're making money online. So this might be the best time for them to sort of go after people. There, there, there are options for fans. To right. go to to get comics and to get them quicker and faster than in the past. Yeah, I think they're hoping that it can be a one-two punch of hey, we now have a lot of free translated free translated manga in your language available online on our site where the ad mm-hmm. revenue goes to us. Yeah, they're legal. So yeah. they are actually offering fans an alternative. Right. Yes. Right. So they had to get to that point before they could even, I, I think, you know. I think that's the case because what's the point of cracking down when you're still left with the fact that the fans can't get what they want? Right. So they're going to go right well, back. They've done it anyway. I mean, yes. goodness knows they've done it anyway. But I, I do think that they're starting to catch on to uh, what HBO finally caught on to with, you know, HBO Now and HBO Go, which is, no, really. People want to give you money. They just want convenience. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. Yes. Give yeah. them an alternative, and people actually more often than not will will go and take the legal and option. I, I think Comixology is another example of that. You know, uh, I mean, I there there are there are absolutely still you know free places to get comics, but um, you know, people just they, they just want to be able to do it. And I know when I want to yeah. be, you know, every once in a while I have to buy a comic and I try to cut down on my physical uh yeah. You know, so I guess what? I go on Amazon, I go on Comixology and I download that old Kindle or Comixology version and uh it's easy to and find. And all the so. major all the major manga publishers are on Comixology now. Yeah. Just, just thousands of volumes. Just so, a few yeah. Yeah, but there's like Urasawa. Not there. It what? Yeah, I'm sure there's something that's not there. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, on on sadder news. Well, you know, <laughs> we talked a few years ago about how when uh, Vertigo's uh, line of founding, well, anyway, the best known Vertigo editors uh, left. Um, you know, first it was Karen Berger, then it was Shelley Bond, and they all got their own imprints. Like Karen Berger had Burger Books at Dark Horse, and Shelley Bond had Black Crown at IDW. Well, Burger Books is still bopping along, but Black Crown is no mas. Uh, yeah, apparently, and it, yeah, and it kind of crept off into the darkness. Uh, uh, like, I just noticed that the most recent series, Marilyn Manor, which uh, was by uh, Magdalene Visaggio, and um, I don't have the name of the artist right here. But anyway, they noticed it had been canceled after one issue. That's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, yep. So, uh, but uh, Shelley Bond, unsinkable Shelley Bond said, major thanks to Chris Ryle and everyone at IDW gave us this incredible opportunity to produce such vivid original stories. Philip and I, that's her husband, Philip Bond. Yeah, Philip Bond. Of the nine series and killer creative teams who made Black Crown unlike any other curated imprint, Viva Comics. And, you know, she is correct. They did put out some very, very unique books. Um, you know, Peter Milligan, Mags Visaggio, um, Teeny Howard, Gilbert Hernandez. Yeah. Um, yeah, 
it was yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. gave it a shot. Yeah, and- it's really a shame. Uh, we did a we did a oh, about about a forty five minute interview with uh, Shelley Bond uh, about, about a year year and a half ago. So you can find it in our archive. Yeah. Uh, with her talking and making plans. So, um, you know, uh, I actually did like some of the comics quite a bit. So, yeah, I uh, think, unfortunate. Yeah, I think for a publisher like IDW, I think the margins on a bunch of quirky books like that, you know, they were yeah. quirky. I think that's a fair word. I uh, think it's fair. Probably mm-hmm. was just not where they needed them to be. Yep. Well, and also their profile was a little under the radar. Like, yeah. I'm someone who quite likes quirky comics, who reads a good bit of, you know, Image and IDW-level publishers. But although I had heard about Black Crown, I, I'm in the comics press. I've talked about Black Crown. When I went to the comic book store, and by the comic book store, I mean Midtown Comics. It wasn't exactly obvious to me. And when I would be, you know, sniffing around the comic press or, you know, it just... It just didn't. It's just somehow they weren't. Didn't have much of a profile. You didn't see ads for them. I didn't really trip over reviews for them. There wasn't a lot of buzz for them. I don't know. Maybe it was out there and I just missed it. But it, they're just kind of like, I don't know. Where is it? What is it? Yeah. Who is it? Well, I've said this before uh, that um, you know IDW excels, and certainly they've had a lot of problems, but they've also come back from them. Uh, and IDW really excels at licensed books like G.I. Joe and yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, you know, they've and had some excellent Transformers. Yes, line. they do. Transform- and they've had some successes with original titles, certainly Lock and Key is an example and some others. But I, I just, I think, I think original creator owned titles just have a little harder time at IDW. And, um, you know, Black Crown was another attempt to do that. And the marketplace, for whatever reason, just wasn't ready for it. So. Yeah. You know, well, I would uh, point out um, the, the the anthology Film Magnifique. Yes. Uh, which was a really an incredible collection of stories about historical uh, the women historical figures, with done by a, just a magnificent range of artists. Um, I thought that was a pretty good uh, anthology. Yeah, it was. And, um, you know, hey, listen, all props to Shelley. She yeah. is unsinkable. I know she will be back. With some new scheme, no doubt, and uh, no doubt, no question about it, so, she is um, one of a kind. Yeah, so uh, good luck to you, uh, Shelley. Well, you know what, I, you guys, I gotta go. I gotta finish like doing some research for all these panels I'm on at New York Comic Con, and I'm sure Calvin, you're headed off to Columbus. Yeah, and, and actually, yes. I'm uh, making a trip uh, at the invitation of uh, Tom Spurgeon. Uh, I'm going to be a guest at uh, what is it? Uh, Comics Crossroads Columbus. I think I'm mangling the name, but the, the wonderful new um, uh, comics arts festival uh, in Columbus, Ohio, co-founded by Jeff Smith, uh, Tom Spurgeon, uh, of, of, I guess formerly of Comics Reporter, uh, is the executive uh-huh. director. Uh, I'm going to be a guest. Uh, there's a great lineup, amazing panels uh, from Thursday to Sunday. So uh, it's going to be my first trip. Yeah, well, look, I look forward to uh, hearing about it on, uh, yeah. you know, our post New York Comic Con, post CXC. Keep your eyes peeled for Olivia James, Calvin. She might be. There. Oh, really? Oh, I don't see. I, if, I, if I'm going to tackle what? her and get it up. I hear <laughs> she was at SPX actually. Ah, well, uh, she's incognito, so you just never know. Yeah, she is a. I'm told she's a web comics veteran, and the fact that the secret of her identity has been kept all this time 
It's pretty amazing. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, some of the, just some of the guests are Pete Craig Russell, Tom Tomorrow, Carter Manier, Jaime Hernandez again, Helen Joe, Ezra Clayton Daniels, yeah. uh, Ada Buki Buki Bondarin, yeah. Natasha Alderici. Yeah, you're going to have a good time, Calvin. Oh, and Mike Mignola. Oh. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And you know what? I Just an embarrassed insertion here. Uh, the past weekend was the Brooklyn Book Festival, which was a fabulous show oh. also. But there's just so many shows. We can't yeah, get them all in, in even, one episode even. of the podcast. Yeah, there's, yeah well, there'll definitely be more to come of those. But, you know, just as a reminder, one more time, um, if you enjoy what you just heard, please go rate us on iTunes because uh, the more better ratings we get, the more – like our podcast gets uh, spread around the world and the more comics and graphic novel news is out there in the world. So please, if you like this, you know, give us a rating and, you know, fair is fair. If you didn't like it, go ahead and do that too. But anyway, uh, just go ahead. But as always, if we survive New York comic con, there will be (laughs) more to come.